going deep. I feel like Halo on the Miami Heat. The words I speak off this sheet are like a three-peat. I don't just hop on a track. I bring running cleats. I'm a player for real, more than an athlete. Let my mama tell it. Could have ran for the Senate. Instead, I penned it for Donovan Bennett. I'm cemented. This a deep dive. In your headphones of a long drive. Up close and personal, just like you courtside. There ain't no out of bounds here. No offsides. We going live in one, two, three, four, five. You are now tuned in to Going Deep with Donovan Bennett. Thanks, Capital. Another edition of Going Deep. I'm Donovan Bennett, as you heard. And as you saw, we've come through the Masters. Golf season is now fully in swing now that we've visited Augusta, a tradition unlike any other. But sadly, an ongoing tradition, it seems, is men acting in a kind of toxic, highly inappropriate way. I'm sure you recently saw Tiger Woods recently made headlines on the course, but not about his stroke, but about his decision to hand Justin Thomas a tampon after he outdrove him. The inference, if you're struggling to figure it out, was that Thomas, because he didn't hit the ball as far, was playing like a girl or a woman. Naturally, as you can imagine, a lot of people were anywhere in between disgusted, outraged, and just pitiful that Tiger at this point is still telling lame jokes, quite frankly, because it's like whether or not you find it offensive, and I do, it's just not all that funny. But the sports media brand, The Gist, decided to enter the chat, and they, a few weeks ago, decided they're going to make some lemons out of lemonade. They had a bunch of social posts in response to Woods and what he did and the symbolism that he felt a tampon was to him. They put out a bunch of stats in terms of what female golfers actually do in relation to their male counterparts. But now they're actually taking it a step further and they inspired with their action through donations during the tournament. They launched what they called the Tiger Tamponathon. It is exactly what you think it is. They decided they were going to donate one box of tampons for every stroke Tiger Woods took at the Master Tournament. So it's a reason to be engaged in the conversation and the topic and also a reason to cheer for those strokes to continue to grow. Now, Tiger made the cut but didn't make it to a full four rounds of golf. But it was still use of a bad situation for a good cause. So I thought it would be fitting to talk to not only one of the founders of the gist, but a content creator for the brand, Alan Hislop, about why are we still having these outdated conversations and what inspired them to take the conversation about tampons in an entirely different direction. Let's listen and learn to the co-founder of the gist as we go deep on the Tiger Tamponathon. So, Alan, thank you for joining, and thank you for creating awareness. Is not the right word, but using a sadly common but unfortunate circumstance um, as a catalyst for some real conversation and real change. But before we talk about uh, the Tiger Tamponathon, and I'm glad I was able to pronounce that correctly. Uh, I, I want to talk about 
your initial reaction to seeing Tiger Woods handing Justin Thomas a tampon after outdriving him, confirming in many ways that, you know, Tiger is, you know, yes, a nerd, but still kind of like an awkward, unfortunate bro at times. What, what crossed your mind when when you saw it and then saw the reaction to it first off donovan thanks so much for having me on your podcast a big fan of it so it's awesome to be chatting with you today um and in terms of my initial reaction to this very very bad and offensive joke in my opinion i don't think my eyes could have rolled further in the back of my head i was pretty furious i think that golf fans have been on quite the roller coaster with tiger woods and our journey with him and our fandom with him over the years for a number of different, you know, on the links and off the links reasons. And I think that we've all been rooting for Tiger, especially in the last few years, coming back from that car accident and car crash. And he has been and is so good for the sport. And so to see him do a joke like this was really sad. Um, for myself, but also for a lot of our gisters and the gist community with a lot of them identifying as women and non-binary folks. I think really that joke just insinuated publicly that Tiger does think that women are inferior to him on the golf course um, and that may be inferior to Justin Thomas too in terms of uh, at least driving. So it was really, really frustrating and disappointing to see. My perspective is a unique one because I wasn't all that surprised. I mean, I have been in a very different way, uh, the butt of similar jokes, in many ways not the prototypical manly man, whatever that even means. I don't drink beer. I love mixed drinks. I love any drink that, you know, has cranberry in it. So, you know, for my adult life, I've always heard, like, are you on your period? All those types of uh, comments. But what really struck me was the premeditated nature of it. Like, it's one thing to flippantly make a comment, which I'm not excusing, but to walk around with a tampon, to to purchase a tampon uh, or have someone purchase one for you, it was like another level of calculation that I found a mixture of bizarre and telling. What, if anything, does that detail say to you? Yeah, he had that joke ready, right? Like him and JT were ready to joke around on the golf course. And as you said, Donovan, it was kind of bros being bros. And they were the ones that just got caught. Um, We talk about it at The Gist all the time. And on our podcast, the gist of it, of just how... especially in sports, it does really feel like it is this guy's thing. And the moment that women try to break into it in any way, it feels like we're really excluded. And it's a lot of the micro kind of side of things that women experience. And this being exactly one of them where just because a woman isn't around, um, they think that they could potentially get away with these jokes. And that's what ends up creating this culture around sports altogether. It's all of these small things that add up to people not feeling like they can be a part of the culture and the community that is sports, which is 
so unfortunate, right? It's the opposite of what sports should be. Um, and in this case, you know, we're talking about women, but I think that there's been so many cases, um, especially when you're looking at hockey with the LGBTQIA plus community, um, when you're looking at racism and all of these small jokes add up to sports just not being a culture that so many people want to be a part of, um, even though they should be welcome to it. So allow me to cross-examine as said bro on Twitter, whose uh, immediate response was, oh, can't you take a joke? It's not that big of a deal. Get over yourself. A joke between friends. It, it, for those who felt that way, what would you say is the tangible impact that public display of said joke has on you know people who are offended by it? Yeah, I think unfortunately it's reiterating the concept again that women are inferior to men, that women are less athletic to men, that women are worse than men at sports. And we just know that that's not the case and it shouldn't be the status quo. I think those are very similar bros who, you know, are saying this like it's just a joke, take it. These are probably similar people who are saying that they could beat a WNBA player on the court every single day and you know they played junior high school basketball and wouldn't be able to take them at all um and so unfortunately um when you see someone at this pro level say something or do something like that that insinuates inferiority it provides other folks the opportunity to feel like they can lean into it too um when you look at golf in particular right i think that there are also so many stats that just show that women aren't inferior and it really is the opposite um jin young ko golfed 114 holes without a bogey and that beat tiger woods record by four holes which is amazing um lydia ko had 10 lpa two LPGA tour wins by the age of 18 and that's five years faster than Tiger Woods um, and the list goes on and on and on in terms of what women are able to do on a golf course or you know hockey rink soccer fields etc 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 and so I, there, there's just no validity to it um, but I'm also not going to necessarily have an argument with those people um, Sue Bird legend in the WNBA the other day said or was it Becky Hammond WNBA coach the other day said you can't um, you know reason with people who don't want to be rational and who don't want to have that conversation yeah it was uh, Becky Hammond um, on a um panel with sue bird there we go there was a lot of reaction of well i mean it's factually correct there are ladies tees for a reason which negates the fact that you know, any male listener listening to this there is one if not many members that are female at their club that are better golfers than them like it's, it's a it's a fact uh, but i was struck watching the masters that the gallery is all old white men like you no color no females no one who really looks different uh, they might as well have been like cast background actors for said golf fan do you think part of it is just an aspect of a segment of our population trying to fight to hold on to something that has been exclusively theirs for a long time that is such a good question. I'm really not sure. I'd be really sad if that is the case. I think that golf 
as a sport in and of itself is definitely one that is very white, very male, very privileged sport. It costs a lot of money to play, um, which then is kind of similar to hockey in terms of then who you're able to see um, play the sports because of the barriers to access in the game. And I think that's what's interesting in this part too, right, Donovan, is that Tiger really did influence so many folks who weren't the classic white straight male to play golf. And you see so many players like Tony Finau and Colin Morikawa and the list continues saying that they got into golf because of Tiger and that he showed them that someone who looked like them could do so well on the PGA tour. And he's had that influence, I think on fandom as well. Um, so it's curious at a, you know, tournaments like the masters too, where it is very prestigious and exclusive and Augusta national golf club has its own, uh, issues and it's past issues with racism and sexism and classism that you continue to see that type of people who are in the stands, especially because it is a lottery system to get those tickets too. um, I think that it's going to take a long time to change what the face of sports looks like in general. And I think something that, of course, on your podcast, you're talking about a lot and how um, even for us with the gist, how we really want to be thinking about how we can change sports. And I think a lot of that is changing, you know, who is talking about sports who is playing sports, who is getting the exposure, how we're storytelling, where we're storytelling, why we're storytelling, um, but it's not going to change overnight. Well, you have to just use this as an opportunity to highlight some real important issues and raise money for an important cause. Take me through the thought process and how it went from a half-baked idea to a fully-fledged philanthropic opportunity because generally as golf fans you, you cheer for the strokes to be low but in this case you gave a lot of people a reason to cheer for the strokes to be high in the case of Tiger Woods. Totally it was very interesting so um, as we kind of talked about at the beginning our audience who we like to call our gisters had a very strong response to a very offensive joke. They were not pleased about it, very unhappy about it, and voiced to us that they were unhappy about it. And so we felt like we could do something about that and should do something about that. And so one of our partners, Rethink the Agency, came to us with you know, some ideas for how we could essentially galvanize our audience around this moment and use statistics at the beginning to talk about why women are not inferior and why also, the joke kind of led into the stigma around menstruation and women's health, too, which is a whole other thing, Donovan, that we could get into, um, but maybe for a different podcast um, with women and female athletes in sports also, um, you know, menstruating at the same time in their performance. But anyway, we could do that another day. Um, but we saw that reaction. And so we worked with Rethink immediately and started, you know, putting out posts about um, how LPGA athletes have outperformed PGA athletes at certain times in their career and continue to see so much interest from our audience. And that was kind of the beginning of us saying, let's do something around the masters. We know that that's the next stage where um, Tiger is going to be showing up. And I think the biggest thing still Donovan is that for us at the gist, we don't want to be, um, 
negative, I guess you could say towards someone, like we still want to be a positive space and community for people. And we didn't want to be driving and, you know, going at Tiger in that way. And so we wanted it to do with something around his golf game where, we're still cheering for him to get a lot of strokes, of course. And so we don't necessarily want him to play amazingly, but we did want him to make the cut and to play a couple of extra days. Um, unfortunately, he pulled out with an injury on that Saturday morning or Sunday morning, I believe it was with that rain delay. Um, and so what we thought is how can we turn this negative situation into a positive and really change the narrative around everything that Tiger did with that prank. And I think that what's so awesome is that at the end of the day, we and our partners at Sunny Period and our partners at Rethink were able to donate 16,000 tampons to communities in need. And that is exactly what we stand for is, again, how, how we can support other people, how we can make sports more inclusive, and how we can really uh, change the narrative from women being inferior um, to us being able to donate so many tampons. You talk about the narrative, and I thought there was beautiful irony in the fact that Tiger was, you know, making uh, fun uh, of, you know, uh, Thomas in relation to you know how strong or maybe how tough he was, and then Tiger had to bow out of the tournament with you know plantar fascia issues, which is not nothing. But I've I've constantly thought to myself and I've heard comedian talk about it like we should keep stats for how female athletes are performing on their period because it's just amazing that it you know we're here talking about load management and whether or not you know certain athletes can or can't play when women compete at a high level when they're literally bleeding when they're when they have cramps when they're struggling when they have, you know chronic back issues and then that underscores the fact that women do this in their everyday life like their life can't stop uh you know and obviously the the experience around um your period is is different for all women in different age and stage and situation but let's get into it should we recognize the feat that is being able to concentrate and uh, perform at a high level given um, how difficult it can be to get through? I think we should. Um, and so if we're going to get into it, let's lean into it. Um, I think that women's bodies have been understudied in medicine for a long time. And so I would say that it's probably only been within the last five years or so, Donovan, that more information has come out about how you should be eating, drinking, sleeping, working out while you're menstruating, but also throughout your entire cycle and different, you know, parts of the cycle where you should be doing high intensity workouts, or you should be drinking more water, you should be eating different types of food. And what I find so interesting is that Europe is pretty progressive like with this as per usual, as we see in comparison to North America. Um, and so two things in particular that I think we can call out in this conversation is that um, the English women's national soccer team has been doing kind of studies on this for a long time. And so their players have been actually tracking um, their periods and they've been changing their workouts in association with them and different players on the team, of course, have different kind of schedules. Um, but a big thing with this is that your um, period and when you're menstruating also really does impact your 
rate of injury and you're at a higher risk for injury when you are on your period. And so coaches and players definitely want to be knowing that, especially when they're in a world cup year or in a Euro year, like they were. Um, and so you're starting to see these pro teams and national teams pay a lot of attention to it and change their regiment because of it. Um, and then you look at Spain and Spain just recently passed that women are able to take days off of work without having to take away from their vacation days if they need to when they're menstruating. So they have a separate leave now. And so I think those two things in the last, you know, 12 months or so have really shown that we need to be thinking about women's bodies in a different way and need to be, um, expecting potentially different things, but also just having awareness and education of, you know, what is going on, why things are happening and to protect these female athletes too, as they're going through it. It's fascinating stuff in terms of the sports science around the body and performance um, during that period. And I love the fact that leading into, you mentioned the Women's World Cup, that we're normalizing the conversation, having the conversation, but maybe most importantly, letting women lead the way on what that conversation looks like and what accommodations should be uh, and not being prescriptive towards them on what they'll be. Love the fact that and fans will notice this, that you know Nike got feedback from female players saying, yeah, maybe white shorts, not a good look. Uh, and so a lot of the kits, uh, you know, like for Canada, for example, you see red shorts or the United States blue shorts. Um, and, and they've said, okay, well, let's actually have a broader conversation and putting you know, drip technology to make sure that um, we are optimizing our uniforms for all ways. So I, I do love that it is a bigger part of the conversation, conversations that I'm sure women have in small groups, but now um, we can have as a, as a larger sporting community. Totally. I think you uh, nailed that. Before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, what is Tiger's legacy, if anything? I mean, it, we, with our athletes, generally have a pretty circular moral arc where we build them up, we love them, they make a mistake, we tear them down, and then they get to be a redemptive story and they come back and we love them again. And, and I, one, I don't know how realistic that is. People's lives aren't that linear. But when you look at Tiger, he's obviously a great performer, but depending on what you read or what you believe, he at times has been anywhere from a um, womanizer to a sex addict. He's obviously, you know, still making problematic jokes as an adult. Um, and so how do we reconcile with uh, the very public figure that he is, but, you know, some of the problematic uh, parts of his past? This is such a tough one. I'm really curious on your thoughts here to Donovan. We talked about it on our podcast, the gist of it a while ago with respect to Tiger Woods. To me, I think his legacy is going to always be complicated, and I feel like that's probably the simplest kind of word that we could bring it back to. I think when you're talking about the arc of kind of a hero and of a sports figure, you totally encapsulated, I think, Tiger's career in terms of how everyone loved him, and he came onto the scene so fast, and then 
it was a real downward spiral from there when all of the scandals off the golf course were happening. Then on the golf course, he was having his knee problems, his back problems. And then when he came back and won the, won the Masters in 2019, that was one of the most incredible comebacks that I think all of us have witnessed and experienced. And I think that all of us, actually, I won't say all of us, most of us became Tiger Woods fans again. We talked about it, I think last year on our podcast um, on the gist of it. And one thing that I always kind of come back to for those athletes uh, and celebrities that were living in, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands, really coming into their celebrity then is that they couldn't control their athlete narrative or their personal narrative in the same way that athletes can now because of the democratization of social media what we saw from Tiger was everything that the media was putting out there, whatever the tabloids were putting out there. And so I do always wonder how would have Tiger's response been if he had Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, his own platforms to tell his own stories during that time in the same way that all public figures have that opportunity to manage their brand and their persona and their personality now. Um, because I think we were really hard on him. I think, you know, me personally as a young kid, but I think the media um, was so hard on him. The media was so hard on Britney Spears during that time. And the list goes on and on. Um, I think that what he does, what he did and what he does on the course and for the game of golf is undisputable. He's one of the greatest golfers of all time, the greatest golfer of our generation, for sure. I think, off the course is where it becomes so complicated. And um, I think our journeys as being young kids, probably loving Tiger to growing up and seeing some of the different shades of him that we don't necessarily agree with is where we have a tough time reconciling our feelings. Yeah, that's I'm well curious said. your thoughts. Well, I mean, I, I am not qualified uh, by any stretch of the imagination to psychoanalyze Tiger, but from my vantage point, He's a bit of a Greek tragedy. Like, I, I, I feel, to be honest, I feel a bit sad for him. He has done everything you can in the game. He's got, you know, more money than anyone can spend. But I, I, I don't really know what he has. He's lost, sadly, many of his close friends. He's lost, you know, his body in a way. Um, in many ways, his reputation. He's lost his nuclear family or the version of it that he, that he first had, obviously, with, you know, the infidelity. And... I, I always juxtapose Tiger with Serena Williams. Ch child prodigies, you know, people who had huge influence in, you know, a very, you know, white sport, a very uh, privileged sport. Uh, were raised, you know, in the game to be prodigies by their parents who didn't have the same amount of means. And, and sadly, you know, Tiger fell ill to some of the same issues that, you know, his father did, and, and and obviously, sadly, lost his father, uh, and and Serena, you know, and and Venus, uh, but, but for this conversation, Serena was really protected and sheltered at a young age by Richard, and you know, in many ways, will have a much bigger legacy. I mean, she she's left the game on her own terms or took in a pause from it. She has a great, obviously, relationship. With her family, there's a huge uh, legacy of players 
coming into the sport, certainly because of her at the grassroots level, but at a high level. I don't know if we've necessarily seen the same uh, amount of diversification in golf. I don't know if, you know, the, the local golf course looks appreciably different uh, because of Tiger in the way that, you know, some tennis courts do. And so, yeah, I, I just see, you know, it's one, an example that, you know, women always do things better than men do. But I, I just feel like the, Tiger could have had a Serena ending and and legacy, and, and I don't know if, if he'll ever get there. So I, 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 I feel sad uh, for him. Despite all he accomplished, I felt like there was so much more influence he could have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. It's almost like in comparison to Serena, which, oh my gosh, Serena arguably, I think, went through it even more than Tiger in terms of how the media has portrayed her in the past. And just, again, we can talk about it another time, but Serena has gone through it, but it really feels like Serena has always had a very clear purpose in her game, but also a very clear purpose of what she does off the court. Serena invests in women founders and BIPOC founders. She is a mom. She is a philanthropist. She has all of these other things going for her that are also off of the tennis court, which is, I feel like something that's been so amazing to see in these last, you know, six to seven years. And she still dominated on the court at the same time, which is so incredible. And so when you map that um, comparison, when you juxtapose Tiger to Serena, I feel like uh, there is almost no comparison to me. I mean, I'm definitely biased. Serena Williams is my favorite athlete ever. Um, but to me, there's almost no comparison um, between the two and who I guess they are from a fan, at least from a female fan perspective. Last question for you is, you know, the gist has been around and the gisters have grown. What have you learned about the audience and has it changed uh, over the course of time as our relationship with women's sport has changed? Yeah, no, thank you for that. I guess, Donovan, for your listeners who don't know about The Gist, we're a fan-first sports media company that's shaking up the male-dominated sports industry. We're really all about reinventing the dialogue around sports, making it inclusive and fun for everyone. We provide equal coverage to women's and men's sports. Um, We have a newsletter, podcast, social media. um, That's all really digestible and entertaining. We launched initially in Canada in 2018, and we launched across North America in 2019, and our audience has grown to over 1 million gisters, which is super exciting. We have over 700,000 subscribers on our newsletter. And so as the gist has grown, to your point, Donovan, we've learned so much about our audience. I think one of the coolest things about female fans is that they're so multifaceted and they're so interested in so many different aspects of sports. They're fans of both men's and women's sports. So as much as they want to hear about the latest and greatest from the WTA, they're also super interested to hear that unfortunately the Toronto Raptors are out of the play-in tournament and aren't going to make the playoffs this year. Um, As much as they're interested in, you know, game to game kind of highlights, they're more interested in how sports intersects with culture and how also sports is a reflection of society too. We like to get into a lot of storytelling that is around women's sports, is around 
um, controversy is around things that perhaps traditional sports media is potentially scared to dive into, um, really thinking about always having that underserved sports fan in our minds whenever we're creating content. Um, and so I think what's been really cool to see is that so many of our registers have emailed us, they've DM'd us, and they've said, you know, I never really considered myself a sports fan before starting to consume the gist because whenever I consumed any other types of sports media, I just felt a little bit left out. But now I'm engaged in these conversations. I didn't even realize that I like sports, but I really love sports. It had always just been packaged to me in a wrong way. And now that it's packaged for me, um, I, I love it. And they find themselves not only enjoying, you know, maybe they came to get NBA news. Now they're getting into WNBA. They're getting into F1. They're getting into all these other things because they have a place that they feel safe in, in this community where they feel like they can learn and that they don't have to be an avid sports fan or the traditional molds of a male avid sports fan. And so um, it's just been such a privilege and so awesome to be able to grow with them over these years and learn from them all the time. We love getting feedback from our gisters and they're really informing so much of our content and really informing our business of how we're changing and how we're evolving. Well, you're informing many people in the business like myself. So continue to lead and have a lot of fun doing it. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Donovan. It was great. Thanks again to Ellen for joining. Make sure you give her podcast a follow. It's called The Gist of It. You can follow on social media, whether you're in Canada at The Gist CA or the United States at The Gist USA. Subscribe to the newsletter. It is a smart decision, as is giving her a follow on IG at Ellen at the gist is her handle. This has been a not so fun topic, but had a great fun conversation with Ellen. And I learned a lot. I hope the same is true for you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.